to another Reimagining Windows show on TechNet Radio, our series of business value interviews for IT managers all around Windows 8. My name is Kevin Remdy, and I'm a senior IT pro evangelist in the U.S. Developer Platform Engineering uh, Evangelism Team at Microsoft, and I'm your TechNet Radio host today. Now, today's interview and today's discussion is part five of an eight-part series we've been doing on Windows 8 tips and tricks. And today, again, we're speaking with Microsoft Principal Technical Account Manager, Lex Thomas. Lex, welcome. Hey, how's it going, Kevin? It's going great, going great. Good to have you back. Thanks, man. So, as we all know, security is always top of mind for, for business when it comes to proprietary information, customer data, the way we use computers today. So, today we thought we'd briefly introduce you to some of the new security-centric improvements in Windows 8. So, Lex, let's just get right into it. What's new in Windows 8 to support security and privacy? Well, we've got a couple of things. Number one, because we've gone to the new app uh, model, right, the modern interface with the apps on the uh, start screen. Um, and because those apps share information, um, we've implemented some pretty cool app privacy things, so we're going to talk about that. Also, smart screen, um, uh, which is an enhancement to IE. Uh, we'll talk about that. Automatic updates, right, because if you're not up to date, if your computer's not kept up to date, then it's really not going to be that secure. Um, excellent, excellent. It's important, and uh, also BitLocker. Okay, all right. Well, let's get right into uh, some demonstrations. Let's talk about app privacy first. If you just go to your start screen and uh, you bring up the charms menu, uh, one of the things that, uh, that you have on the charms menu is a link that gets you into settings. So we're just going to go to uh, settings and then uh, change PC settings. And that'll bring up kind of the new style control panel. Um, once you're in here, uh, there's a link for privacy on the left-hand side, so we'll just go to privacy. And these are global settings that will allow you to set some global privacy uh, options for the uh, modern apps. Um, they're listed right here. We've got let apps use my location. Uh, let apps access my name, picture, and other domain account info. Uh, help improve Windows Store by sending URLs uh, for the web content that apps use. Um, and so, so you can control these options globally here in Control Panel, but you also have the option to control them on a per-app basis. So if they're off globally, they're off. But if they're on globally, you still have some granularity. So let's talk about what these are, first of all. Let, let apps use my location. Some reasons that you may want to do that is that there are some apps that are location-centric, right? Like a weather app, just as an example. Um, when I go into a weather app, I want the weather app to know where I'm at so that it can give me a forecast for my current location. Let apps, let apps access my name, picture, and other domain account information. Um, uh, definitely my name and picture I'm okay with. Domain account information. You know, you kind of want to read through the privacy statement and, and and get a little bit more information on that one before you just turn it on or turn it off. And 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 so that's there. There's a privacy statement link right there at the bottom. Uh, help uh, improve Windows Store by sending URLs for web content that apps use. Um, on by default, you can turn that on or off as well. All right, sounds pretty straightforward. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to close this. And I'll just go into uh, into one of my apps here. Let's see. Uh, I'm just going to type weather. 
and uh, go into the weather app. And uh, notice that my weather app knows that I'm in Charlotte. Current location down here at the bottom. And it'll figure out exactly where I am. And it may still come back as Charlotte, but I'm actually in Harrisburg. I just crossed the, uh, the uh, line. My, my uh, location cannot be detected. Try again later. Hmm. So it's attempting to try to, to either triangulate using GPS if, you're, if your PC or device has GPS, it'll use that. It, it can actually do some work with using IP addressing and uh, known locations of public addresses and, and try to figure out your location that way. But, I mean, it's nice to have a, a starting point for an app like Weather or I think in particular Maps or any other kind of a uh, routing application that, that wants to help you get from point A to point B. Yeah, absolutely. So remember that the Charms menus are kind of app-centric, right? They're, they're app-aware. So if I go into now, I'm in the set menu for the Weather app. So if I go to Options, I can do things like change the units of measurement for weather. Um, let's go to Permissions. And Location is on. It couldn't figure out where I'm at, I think probably because I'm behind an added router, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't actually have a GPS in this, uh, in this uh, tablet that I'm using. Uh, but the important part here is that I can turn this on or off on a per app basis. So I can turn location on or off in my app, even though globally it's on. So Lex, you mentioned smart screen. Let's talk about that. What's that all about? Well, smart screen is actually pretty cool, right? It's just an added piece of safety slash security that we've added to IE, right? So one of the cool things about having a, a very popular browser is that um, we can do things like uh, we can build lists of URLs that are known bad. We can build lists of, you know, links that people send out during phishing attacks. We can build lists of links that download apps that are known to be bad apps, right? Apps that are that are malicious. Uh, and so we do that, right? And IE will go out, check that list when you go to a URL, and determine whether it's a safe URL or a non-safe URL, right? And if it's determined that that link is not safe, then uh, we'll give you a little pop-up and we'll ask you what you want to do. So if I go down here to the bottom, I've got my little Windows flag here, uh, and that brings me into Action Center. And if I open up the Action Center, I can go to Change Windows Smart Screen Settings. And, and these are the settings for Smart Screen. So Windows Smart Screen can help keep your PC safe by warning you before you run unrecognized apps and files downloaded from the Internet. And so I've got some options here, right? I can get administrator approval before running an un unrecognized app. I can warn before running an unrecognized app but don't require administration approval or administrator approval. Um, or I can just turn Smart Screen off. So if I open up my web browser, I'll just go to a link here. And let's go to Sun Sentinel. So this is one of the newspaper sites that I frequent. Um, if I go uh, up to the top, I've got my little house icon, my favorites icon, and then my settings icon. Um, the house icon is, of course, home. 
if I come down to safety, um, I can uh, check this website. And if I select check this website, what will happen is SmartScreen will take all of the links and URLs associated with this page, send it to Microsoft, and check it against a list that we've built of known bad sites. Now, we will do that if you tell us to. We will also do it when you type in a URL automatically. Um, and so in this case, this site has not been reported. Check the address. Make sure that you trust. If you believe it's an unset site, uh, unsafe site, sorry, click the uh, Tools button, point to safety, and then report unsafe site. So in this case, there's nothing unsafe about this. Uh, but there are all sorts of, of malicious sites out there. Most of them, you know, they, they prey off of things like mistyped URLs, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, if I were going to go to Amazon.com and I accidentally typed in, you know, Amazon with an S instead of an A as the first letter, um, you know, that might take me to a malicious site because I typed it in wrong. You know, they, they prey on things like that. That's, that's like, how they... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and very likely an email that you received that was a junk mail that uh, looks legitimate. You click on the link that looks close enough, but you don't notice that it's a little bit different and brings you to the the uh, the hacker site. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's a very very common one as well. And uh, so, this is something that you you need to enable, or is this enabled by default? It's enabled by default. You can disable it um, okay. if you just go to settings um, and then safety. Um, you see, uh, turn smart screen filter off. On mine, it's grayed out because it's it's on via policy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but uh, for most users out there, it's you're going to have the option to turn it on or turn it off. And that brings up another issue, another topic, really, for business. It might be a good thing to consider, uh, like Microsoft is doing, actually enabling that by default and uh, enforcing that through policy. Yeah, um, absolutely. About the reporting of, of malicious sites, that's not something that's going to be just automatic, right? I can't just uh, you know, have a grudge against some site and say, hey, this site I think is malicious even though it's not. It's not going to be automatically blacklisted. Um, those, those sites are actually going to be tested and checked before they're ever officially added to the list of known phishing sites, known uh, malicious sites. Uh, yeah, so, ab absolutely. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. Good. But I can report, so, so that's interesting, right? Because I could report any site. Sure, sure. It's an unsafe site. Um, you know, we, we still make sure. There, there are people on the back end that say, okay, how many times has this site been reported? Do we need to look into it? Have we tested this, et cetera? Right, and so, right. yeah, yeah. You, you, you're not going to block a site for the entire universe by reporting it as an unsafe site. Right, right. Good. Good to know. All right, so are you ready to move on to automatic updates? Sure, sure, absolutely. Automatic updates, that's, that's awesome. Right? So um, one of the things that we do, and that we've done for quite some time, right, is publish updates for uh, Internet Explorer. We publish updates for the OS. Um, and uh, you can get those two ways. Right? You can either go and check to see if there are updates available, or you can tell your PC to automatically go and look for automatic updates. And down at the bottom, I've got a little Windows Update uh, icon. And if I click on that, notice that I'm set 
to automatically in, install updates. And one of the important things down here is you receive updates managed by your system administrator. And so let's see what happens if I check for updates. Okay, so I'm automatically uh, set up to install updates. And again, this is another option that is um, actually something that's enforced by my system administrator, right? So mm -hmm. when you join your computer to a domain, the computer becomes part of an OU. Your user account also becomes part of an OU. And we can assign policies to really just about anything. Um, we can assign policies at the domain level. We can assign policies at the forest level all the way down to the OU that your computer is in or that your user account is in. And so in my case, uh, because my computer's joined to the Microsoft domain, Microsoft wants to make sure that these computers remain safe and up to date. Right? So I'm automatically set to receive uh, updates and that is, that is managed by the system administrator. Now, uh, most recent check for updates today at 223. Um, updates were installed today at 2.22, so I've gotten updates even today. In fact, uh, the update that I got, uh, I believe, was a uh, Windows Defender definition. Hmm. Um, no, actually, it was a uh, definition update for endpoint protection. So that that my system administrator defined as an update that I needed because I'm on the the corporate network and join to the domain when I check for updates it goes out sees whatever my admin has published now if you're not a member of a domain what will happen is we'll just go check the Microsoft update site and we'll show you everything we got anything that that we feel you may need anything that we've published that you don't have essentially you can then go and and, and install and uh, if you've got automatic updates enabled that'll all happen behind the scenes automatically. You can always go to update history to see a list of updates that have been installed and whether those updates succeeded or failed. Now is this something that has changed uh, significantly with Windows 8 or is this something that's, I mean because right now from what I've seen it looks very familiar. Uh, we've been using this kind of a mechanism in Windows Vista even in, as, as well as Windows 7. Um, so I think uh, Maybe the summary here is that this is all still here. It still works. You're going to Microsoft Update, getting your updates um, in whatever prescribed way by your business or in an automated way uh, by default for non-domain machines. And uh, so that works great for the for the desktop applications, the legacy desktop applications uh, or, or, or PC functionality as defined through group policy. Um, what uh, what do we have new? Is there anything new for Windows 8 that we could talk about with regard to updates of of applications and functionality? Um, because yeah, it, it does. It relates to our topic today on security and privacy. What what do we what do we need to know for an application that has an update available? So, if you have a uh, like one of the newer modern apps um, that has an update available, those updates are actually managed via the Microsoft Store. Um, I wanted to show folks the uh, the Windows Update link in the Modern Control Panel. And so just to do that real quick, if you go to PC Settings, you've got a Windows Update link there. And it'll tell you essentially the same thing. You're set to automatically install updates. No important updates are available. Uh, we last checked today, et cetera. And I can force a check for updates now. Uh, to, to answer your question about the apps, uh, if I go to the to – the, uh, 
Windows Store, um, there's going to be a link up at the top of the screen. It'll show me any updates that are available for the apps that I currently have installed. And uh, I don't have any that require an update right now. Uh, yeah, but, but that's where we would see it. Yeah, it's right up here, right above Bejeweled Live. <laughs> it's and right where my mouse pointer is. And right. even, if, even if I didn't go into the store, in the modern interface, because we automatically update these icons, um, you'll see a little number count show up in the corner of the store icon, and that's the number of pending updates for the apps that you've got installed. Excellent, excellent. Very good to know, good information. And, uh, and certainly um, the ability to use the store, the ability to apply updates to applications, these are also things can be, that can be driven in a business environment using group policy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely okay. correct. In fact, that's one of the cool things about is that, right, we allow, you know, corporate enterprises to publish apps to the store as well. Yeah. All right. Now, finally, let's wrap things up by talking about disk security, information security uh, with the bits that are on my disk using something called BitLocker. Yeah, so BitLocker is actually very cool, right? Um, disk encryption isn't something that's particularly new. Right, it's been around for a long time. Um, it's not something that uh, that uh, you couldn't get in previous versions of of Windows. But BitLocker is kind of neat because BitLocker kind of marries uh, your system bias or uh, a chip that's actually built into a lot of today's modern systems. Right, called the TPM chip uh, with that encryption. Uh, that occurs on the disk. So um, there are a couple of things that you need. Uh, you don't have to have a TPM chip. It's highly recommended that you have a TPM chip. Well, you need some external method for storing um, the uh, hardware portion of the key. Uh, and that could be a USB stick. Um, but TPM chip is kind of the way to go. So if you go into the BIOS, on most of today's laptops, uh, you'll see an option there to enable or disable the TPM chip. You want to enable the TPM chip. Once the TPM chip is enabled, then you can BitLocker the drive or encrypt the drive. And and the cool thing about this is, is that this is an encryption. This is not, I just want to make sure everybody understood that I said isn't. This is not an encryption that only occurs once you've logged into the OS. This is an encryption that occurs at the, you know, level of the machine, right? So your disk is encrypted. You actually have to enter a key or slash password to get into the disk so that we can then boot the OS. Um, and that's what makes BitLocker so cool, so secure, right? And uh, I wish I had that. But if I reboot my box, it's going to take me out of the link. And then, <laughs> yeah, uh, and that actually, well, you and I yeah. both, we have policy applied to our machines by Microsoft. And in our case, uh, we have policy that says if you want to get on the corporate network, you have to have a BitLocker encrypted drive, and it will actually deny access. Um, so we can actually apply policies to who has access to the network, and you know, based on certain criteria. One of the criteria that, that our company enforces is that you have BitLocker encrypted drives in order to be used on the corporate network. Um, and that, and, and that's, that's a great point. And by the way, we should probably point out that that's not just for us. That's for our customers' security as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
right? Yeah. Because customers send us email all the time. You know, there's IP addresses, there's intellectual property. And so what Microsoft is, is actually doing by enforcing, you know, that BitLocker policy is uh, protecting our customers as well as our own, you know, personal property. Absolutely. Well Microsoft's and if, property. And if somebody walks away with my laptop at the airport, I know that there's absolutely nothing they can do with that disk. Even if they take it out of my laptop and put it or in an enclosure or try to access those bits, those bits look like that disk is unencrypted or un, unformatted as far as they can see. They can't actually get any information on the disk. Yeah, absolutely. And there's probably some other things that we should mention about BitLocker, right? Number one, um, if somebody enters the wrong key X number of times, then they have to have the BitLocker recovery key. So that's a security method that we implement. Um, and uh, if your machine's domain joined, uh, there's actually a, uh, a code that'll pop up that you can read to a tech support guy who will then look up uh, a recovery key for your machine. So, so we don't want to prevent people from getting into their personal machines, right? We want to make that as easy as possible. We want to make it as secure as possible. But by the same token, if somebody steals your machine, you know, they can't, they can't get in because they don't have access to, number one, your key. And if they enter the wrong too many times, and that's also definable by policy, then they have to be able to take the, uh, the code and convert that to a recovery key, which is also something that's a domain-level function. Excellent, excellent, very good. So these are these are all excellent reasons. Uh, you know, again, on the topics of security and privacy, uh, as to why Windows 8 is a, a truly made-for-business and ready-for-business uh, operating system. Uh, certainly, things like BitLocker and and updates and Smart Screen, and then the app, app privacy options that we all have. So these are all really great reasons why why Windows 8 is a truly made-for-business and ready-for-business operating system, certainly. Uh, be, being able to encrypt our drives, being able to set policies on automatic updates and making sure that applications as well as operating systems are kept up to date. Uh, we talked about smart screen technology and, and protecting our browsing experience. And then the, the app privacy options that we have, because we have so many different ways to uh, and flexible things that we have available to us for example like you used location um, that we may or may not want to share with applications or even to the operating system so uh, really great stuff Lex thank you so much um, let's send our folks to uh, some more resources where would you suggest that we send people for more information well as always microsoft.com forward slash springboard is a great resource that's that's probably the best place to start Excellent, excellent. Good information for IT professionals around Windows 8 and Windows client topics. Well, thank you again so much for your time, Lex. It's always, been, it's always a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you in Part 6 not too long from now. Um, thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. All right, and we'll see you next time on TechNet Radio, Reimagining Windows.